Welcome back to another Hawked and Loaded podcast. My name is Jed Fleming, and once again, I am joined by Brett Stocklauser. Brett, welcome back. I'm back, baby. It's I'm... It's been a week or two, but I'm back. Uh, like like we said before, it's going to be a little inconsistent for me, but I'm back. I'm so happy when you're back. My my day gets better when you're here with me and we can record this podcast together. I'm, I'm glad to hear it, and I'm, and I, I'm happy and I, to be here. I'm willing to bet, at least I hope so, for our listeners, I'm willing to bet that they like hearing you too. Because when I'm just out here monologuing like <laughs> Mr. Incredible and the Incredibles for 40 minutes at a time, I bet they get a little bit a little bit restless of, of my voice and like the change of pace, but I'll, I'll let them tell us. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer Jed Solo or Brett and Jed doing it together? And there's no option that's just me solo because I, I cannot do that. Unfortunately, you're not <laughs> in that place in life right now, which is totally fine, but we put on this podcast for you, our fans, and we do it for fun, and we have an absolute blast doing it. So today, we are going to cover some general podcast news not even just xfl we're going to cover some podcast news talk about the we're going to talk about the whole schedule first then then we're going to talk about what the battle hawks have to do to defeat the defenders and actually defend our home turf which is very exciting considering that we just played them two weeks ago we're going to talk about some keys to the game and then we're going to do our first deep dive into some players history and backgrounds as we talk about what I believe is our offensive MVP so far this season, Hakeem Butler. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Like I said, I'm excited to be back, excited to talk about some uh, some news uh, from a from an administrative standpoint for the podcast and then also get into um, the Battlehawks. Um, I would like to say, since I wasn't able to make it last uh, last week and earlier this week, um, that was an incredible crowd at uh, the Dome at America Center mm-hmm. on sun- on Sunday. Just an unbelievable turnout. I wasn't able to make it in person, but watching it on TV, it was so loud. I mean, it was it was the closest thing to an NFL atmosphere that the XFL has had in the last two iterations of the program. And I'm really excited to see what Battlehawk Nation can do on Saturday with a primetime 6 p.m. game. I think it's without question the most impact any stadium has had in any XFL game so far this season. And say what you will about D.C. and throwing lemons on the field, which should be a penalty. Stuff like that is absolutely a penalty against the home team in other leagues, especially in the NFL. And so, uh, like with Buffalo, there was a, a penalty a while back for a certain piece of... Phallic. <laughs> A certain item that was very famously thrown onto the field from the stands. Um, so, but no, I, I think we will absolutely be able to, the crowd will impact the game coming up. But first, we have some exciting podcast news. Your favorite, at least our favorite, Battle Hawks podcast is now a part of the Variety Sports Network. Woo! So super exciting. We were approached by uh, this incredible group of podcasters uh, across all sports, across um, a lot of different platforms that they just want to showcase and broadcast this group of what they believe to be talented podcasters. And I hope that we fall under that category. I know they have some really awesome other podcasts. Um, We'll probably talk about them. We get some new ads 
to display. So maybe sometimes you guys won't only hear us talking about Anchor. Uh, that, that ad is also three years old, so I'd really like to update that. We will update that ad for you all <laughs> as we get into some other ads so that Brett and I can generate a very minimal amount of revenue from our podcast. We're not certainly doing this for the money, but um, maybe getting a, a nickel and dime here and there wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I've not really been in conversations with, with VSN. It's really been more on your plate. So uh, what can people look out for as far as um, is anything really going to change as far as our, our podcast goes besides the ads, of course? So our podcast won't change. You'll hear us talk about the Variety Sports Network a lot more. We want to we want you guys to kind of experience what they're all about. Hopefully get you in, t- in tune with some other podcasts that they have on the network and kind of explore more of the, the sports realm in terms of podcasting. So as far as our podcasts go, it will still be the same. You will still hear Brett and me talking about the Battle Hawks, talking about what we love, um, and we will do our best to make sure that you guys are plugged in with Variety Sports Network, and they don't have any specific guidelines for us in terms of exactly how our podcast needs to run so until they tell us exactly what we need to say we will still say what we want and i don't i they're not going to they're they're very uh free they just want us to to run the podcast how we how we like it and it means a lot that they believed in us so variety sports network if you guys are listening we appreciate it we're excited to work with you and we think that hopefully we'll be able to draw a lot of interest towards the variety sports network as a whole yeah, we appreciate it. Love, love to have some support. We'd love to uh, collaborate in the future with some other podcasters of uh, St. Louis-based sports as well. Um, so moving forward, Jed, looking towards uh, a, a rematch with the Defenders, and not just a rematch with the Defenders, but uh, Jordan Tayam is coming back to the building. What do you think of that? I think it is, it's very exciting and actually got in a, a, a mild debate. It was, it was not heated at all, but in, in one of the Battlehawk group chats that I'm in, Somebody had had touched on, you know, why is Ta'amu getting, why does he deserve what he said was a hero's welcome. And I just pointed out, he was a meaningful sports figure for the Battlehawks three years ago. He, again, we didn't play a full season. It's not like he grew up in St. Louis. He didn't have this incredible tie, but he had brought, he was the quarterback of the team that came back and brought professional football back to St. Louis since the Rams had left and that's a meaningful player it was somebody that appreciated St. Louis while he was here I think guys like Marquette King and Taylor Russolino were greeted with you know a warm welcome when they came back last week versus Arlington so I by no and and once you know kickoff happens and we're sitting there at six o'clock he's the enemy again he's the enemy for those three hours but it's exciting to see somebody come back and he tweeted out how much excitement he has for coming back to the dome. So I think it'll be really cool to see him come back. I'm sure it'll be an emotional moment for him just because it was the first place where he had started out in the XFL. So super excited to see him play. Hope he has a horrible game. Oh, absolutely. Respectfully. Absolutely. But I hope that he at the very least feels welcome back from our fans that cheer super loud for him when he does things like fumble or throw an incompletion 
or take a sack. So, you know, I mean, it's it's super exciting, but at the end of the day, he's not a battle hawk anymore. During the game, he is a DC defender who it looks more and more like they're becoming our number one rival in this league. And we'll see how this game turns out, but right now he is a former battle hawk that's coming for a game which is exciting because he's excited about it but when kickoff starts boy do i want to see him collapse yeah uh, i'm excited it should be a really fun time i know he's going to get a standing ovation i'm sure they're going to have some sort of tribute video for him, which which will be really cool that'll be really probably the first time that that's happened in the xfl a player coming back to to technically their previous team um and being able to kind of be welcomed home you know, even for such a short amount of time as it was, it was still pretty impactful. Like, like you were just saying, um, as far as as far as the game itself goes, I think this really is a statement game. I I agree with you when I say that they are going to end up being somewhat of a rival. And you know, I understand that we we've we're three and one, and they were the team that beat us before. And this really does feel like kind of a statement game on the season. We have to show up. We have to we have to show out. And we really need to come out with the win if, if we want to be competing in, into into the playoffs at the end of this season. Um, you know, talking about the the home field advantage and, and the, just the crowd that's down there at the Dome at America Center, I think that's a really, really, really significant impact um, when you're playing other teams where they might not have as large of a stadium. They certainly aren't selling out the 400s um, at those stadiums. And so... When these teams are coming in, it's a completely different atmosphere. This is like going from playing a, a, a smaller D1 athletic school college game to then going and playing at Michigan or wherever else. The, the difference in sound, the difference in energy is just unbelievable. I mean, take, take Las Vegas' field. Can you imagine if this was us, us going to Las Vegas a week ago? And then them coming here, the difference would be legitimately thirty-two thousand people. AJ McCarron made a really great point at the end of the last game, which was he compared it to, and this is a bold comparison. <laughs> he compared it to playing at home at Alabama, arguably the most notorious college football program in the history of college football. And AJ McCarron played there. He won national championships there. I mean, he was he was in the thick of it for a long time, so he knows what it's like. And comparing us to Alabama is, I mean, it brought it brought a little tear to my eye. Yeah, that's quite the a comparison. Compa- the comparison is so incredible to see somebody who has played in those two places and see the comparison between those two. Yeah, is is wild to me. But I want to look back at. Um, the previous game because I think one thing that DC does is they get off to a, a hot start and they have these last two games if you look back last week when they played Vegas the first play from scrimmage they had a fumble recovery on the first play went down and scored immediately hot start against us it was our second drive of the game where they had a pick six and they've they've gone up and then they've just held on to these leads throughout games and Obviously, if you guys have listened to us, we reviewed the game against DC a couple weeks ago. If you if you haven't listened to it, go back, take a listen. Um, we'd love to to get those numbers boosted up from the past. That makes us feel really good about ourselves. But if you look at the game, I mean, 
you know, McCarron had had two picks and the sack fumble, and we had the three turnovers, and and our run game couldn't get anything going. We were averaging 3.3 yards a rush. Brian Hill, who far and away our best running back, was averaging 2.9, which obviously two full yards less per rush than he was averaging last week against Arlington. You know, we had some some very nice uh, players in Hakeem Butler, had a huge game on nine catches, 105 yards, and, and a touchdown. Brian Hill did well in the receiving game. Um, but it comes down to protecting the football, and this D.C. defenders team defensively is, is very good. Right now they're second in the league in sacks, and in that game that we played two weeks ago, we took four sacks. And so I think it's going to be crucial for us to make sure that we are starting out strong, uh, protecting the football. And I want to touch a little bit about, because you look at the comparisons in the run game, we had 56 rushing yards the first time around in D.C., Mm -hmm. and the defenders had 136. Especially in the second half, they were able to just grind away the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we talked about it two weeks ago when we first played the defenders, and they have really not let up as far as rushing the ball. Um, they have 622 rush yards on the year. I think second is like 378 with the Seattle Sea Dragons. So they are they are far and away the most uh, run heavy team. That's not to say that they are. I mean, they're in the top three as far as yards per carry, but they're really not doing it any more effectively. They're just continuing to pound the rock. They're continuing to do so. And you know, like you just said, in the in the second half of games, they're able to just grind away at the clock because they continue to run the ball. Um, you know, like I said, they're averaging 4.1 yards per carry, but they've got about 50 to 60 more rushes than any other team through through four weeks. So it's it's really unbelievable the, the rate at which they are running the ball and having just the, the same amount or, I guess, technically more success than any other team. And we have to we have to stop it. We, ha- we have to find a way to stop them from running the ball and force them to do something different. Otherwise, it's going to be the same results as last time. Their, their rushing stats, I want, I want to touch on these because they have just far and away been the leading rushing team. They have 70 more rushing attempts than the next highest team, which was um, – I apologize. No, you're right. It was, it was in the 50 range um, for more rushing attempts. They have – Almost 250 more rushing yards, yep. which is incredible. Just the sheer rushing capability that they have on that team. They lead the league right now in, in rushing touchdowns. They lead the league in 10 plus yards, 10 or more yards, yard rushes. Mm-hmm. They are tied for the lead in 20 plus yard rushes. They have the longest rush, and they currently are sitting in first with 40 first downs acquired by the rush Hmm. who's the next team it is a tie between the san antonio brahmas and the houston roughnecks at 24 that means they have 16 more first downs gained by the rush they are a run first team and it is their identity and we are going to need to find a way to stop it yeah i think the best way to sum it up is the is the fact that they're the only team in the league that has more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns yeah absolutely and they still have three rushers inside the top five. You look at Abram Smith, Ta'amu, and Ryquel Armstead all 
three in the top five of for total rushing yards on the season. And they they get it done multiple different ways. They're keeping Abram Smith and Raquel Armstead just constantly changing them out. Ta'amu is taking QB keepers. He's averaging over five yards a rush. And I want to shout out our boy Brian Hill for being above Raquel Armstead, number four right now in, in rushing yards. But it's going to be the biggest key to the game in total, which we'll talk about here in a second, is going to be stopping the rush. So pivoting into that, how do you stop the rush, Jed? We stop the rush by stacking the box. And we who do you stack it, the box with? We stack the box with our linebackers. And? And safeties. And what did we just get a new one of? A linebacker coach. Eric Hansen. I'm really good at this quiz. Yeah. I feel like I did a really good job. Yep. No, I'm no, that wasn't our new linebacking coach. No, Eric Hansen's new outside linebacker yes. we just got. I didn't do very well at this quiz. <laughs> I take it back. I went two for three. That's a D. That's a D for most quizzes. I need to go back to school. My apologies to our audience. I thought I was prepared. I wasn't. I need to study more. It's all good, Jed. So, as we look forward, you know, we've got a new outside linebacker. What do you think he's going to bring to this team? I think he's going to bring a lot of power and pass rush, which we've touched on it continually. This defense, they get a lot of turnovers. The secondary has done a great job, but this team still continues week in, week out, is last in the league in total sacks and second to last in the league in tackles for loss with only one more than the Arlington Renegades. And so I think Eric Hansen is going to bring uh, just a, a new feel on the pass rush, and I think it's going to be pivotal that I talked about this on Monday, pivotal that we wrap up Tamu in the pocket. Now, we did make a tweet about Eric Hansen, but... Um, tweet about Eric Hansen. The tweet about Eric Hansen, thank you. <laughs> Apologies for those listening. Bad podcasting. I showed Jed a tweet he didn't like. That's some that's some dead air mistakes on our part, so we, we apologize. It's inside baseball. Profusely. But uh, Eric Hansen, we made a tweet about him talking about how the it's a move that we felt we needed to make, the Battle Hawks did, to, to generate more pass rush, and Eric Hansen actually liked it, which was really cool. I didn't even tag him in it, but really cool to see him um, – we followed him. He is super excited to, to get to work. He spent time with the Sea Dragons uh, at training camp there, and so hopefully he'll get some playing time. May, you know, We acquired him in the middle of the week, so it'll be tough to say exactly if he's going to get some run on Saturday, but it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table because he is a fresh face in uh, an outside linebacking edge rushing group that – that really needs some some help. We talked about it last game. We just could not wrap up. We were getting a lot of pressure on on Kyle Sloter, but we weren't able to get any sacks except for the one on, on fourth down, which was huge. But we're now four games into the season, and we're sitting here at five sacks. I don't know if any of you out there went to school for math. I didn't, but I do know that's about 1.2 ish 1.25 sacks per game yeah it's really not good enough um they've they've got to be better I've been saying this since week one when we had I, I believe we had three sacks to start the season so now we're three weeks later and we've when we've added two to that um I, I don't know what that looks like exactly only time will tell at this point 
but we have to get home to the quarterback. We have to create more pressure in the backfield. We we have to do something to disrupt their passing game. You know, we just talked about having to stop the run, but stopping the run's only so good if, if, if you can't get home to the quarterback and then disrupt the pass. And I think we saw that last game where when we played D.C., was we came out ready to stop the run in the first half and did a very good job, but that meant that our DBs were on an island and we gave up a lot of deep chunk plays to to Amu when DC looked far more prepared than we did. I think if we're going to stop the run, I think we need to make sure that we are opportunistic about the turnovers that we get because with some more pressure hopefully we'll be able to force some more fumbles we are the best team in the league right now in terms of forced fumbles and fumble recoveries we have two more forced fumbles than the next team and two more fumble recoveries um than the team in second as well which is the arlington renegades which was what we talked about last week um the fumbles in that game and so it'll be interesting to see how we're able to or if we're able to force any fumbles versus a run heavy team yeah um yeah at this point i'm just ready to see uh, see them come out and hopefully they come out with a little more fire a uh, little less mistakes than the last time we played the defenders i i do think that like i said before i i, I think that the crowd is going to have an impact it's going to be a raucous crowd it's going to be a nice saturday night um they're going to pack that building and it's it's going to be loud and i, th- I think that we're going to get we're gonna we're gonna create some uh, create some chaos. Now we did force. I will say this: our defense did force three turnovers the last time we played DC. All three of them were fumbles. We weren't able to get an interception. But yeah, I think it's gonna be huge, making sure that we um, and we'll kind of go into our more specific keys to the game. But I think getting off to a hot start, like we had talked about last week, which we did versus Arlington, is gonna be key just because of how well the defenders have started their game so far this season. Yeah, agreed. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at the betting lines for this weekend. Um, we've got a spread of uh, plus two for the Battle Hawks and over under of 42.5. I'm actually really happy to see uh, the over under at 42.5. That's up a bit from the you know average of you know low 30s that I've seen in a lot of these games going in. They know McCarron and Hakeem Butler are putting up points yeah yeah and brian hill yeah they, they I, I think they're starting to realize the teams that are you know a little bit more potent scoring wise um, and th- that just tells you that this is probably going to be one of the better games of the week um, which ironically in my opinion the battle hawks have been uh kind of the prime game almost every week so far which which has been awesome to see so i'm excited this week if if, if you were asking me um, given given the home atmosphere, given how excited they're going to be to play in front of that crowd, and given the fact that they've got a chip on their shoulder from two weeks ago, um, I would certainly be taking the Battle Hawks plus two. So what is your, in order for us to get plus two, what is your specific key to the game? All right, and I already took start off fast. So, um, I mean, again, I've been saying it every time we play them, you have to stop the run. You have to stop the run. You have to force them to pass because if, if they do what they've been doing to every other team and that's getting up early and then continuing to run the rock, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to, to win this game because they've already done it. They've, they've shown that they can do it consistently, and they've shown that they can be effective at doing so no matter what team they're playing, no matter where they're playing. So you really have to, like you said, you have to start fast, but you also have to force them to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a tough game. This game will determine who has the lead in the XFL North division. 
And if the Battle Hawks come out and aren't able to take this win, the Defenders will have essentially a three-game lead in the North because they'll have the tiebreaker over us, and they'll be up, they'll be five and zero, and the Battle Hawks will be three and two. And I don't see the Sea Dragons kind of getting up there either because this week they play the juggernaut of the South, that is the the Houston Roughnecks. So. This is a huge one. This is a this is a massive game for the team. I think it, like you had said, it is a. I think this could be the defining game in our season. We're at home, coming off a huge win. We're home dogs, coming going against the leader of our division right now, and and setting the tone for the rest of the season. So, it'll be great. It'll be really fun to watch. We'll be tuned in at six o'clock on. Saturday, and where can our fans who haven't checked ESPN or the XFL website catch this game? This one's going to be on FX and ESPN Plus. Six or seven p.m. Yeah, seven p.m. Saturday, March eighteenth. So, oh, sorry, seven p.m. Eastern. Seven p.m. Eastern, guys. Uh, D- Daylight savings really screwing with me. So it is a six p.m. kickoff on FX and ESPN Plus. If you want to get it on the radio, that's ESPN Extra or Sirius XM Radio. Now we. Do you, by chance, have what time that would be in Germany? Because I was looking through some of our analytics for our podcast. We have a couple of German viewers. I, I do not know what time Germany is on based on Greenwich Mean Time. I know the Philippines is plus 13. That's good to know. And I believe Australia is 21 because I have a friend who currently lives in Australia. Sure. My father knows uh, a bit of German. He has not uh, taught me how to say any German phrases. So once I do learn that, if our German listeners are still listening to our podcast, next time I may come on and and spit a little German at you. So uh, my my last name is German. I'm of German heritage. I also am, am German. Yeah. So th- this is a this is a German friendly podcast. I did look it up. Um, it it is 6 p.m. right now in St. Louis. So. That means that the kickoff for our German listeners will be at 12 midnight, good 12 a.m. Yep, know. They, they know stay, now. Stay up late for the game. Stay up late for the game. It'll, it'll be a good one. But now we're going to take a deep dive into, I think, a, a pretty heavy fan favorite player so far this season, and that is who the Hawked and Loaded podcast considers to be the MVP of our team so far, and that is Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler – is is our number one receiver in it right now, top five receiver in the XFL in just about every single stat. And I want to touch on his college days because he went to Iowa State, was dominant there really his junior year was when he, he stood out. He played 13 games, finished the season with 60 catches, over 1,300 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns on the season, which topped all of his uh, previous best marks for the season before his sophomore and freshman year he in all of his stats he continued to get better in those three seasons his freshman year had went nine for 134 and two touchdowns in eight games his sophomore year went 13 games 41 catches just under 700 yards and seven touchdowns and then obviously like we touched on just continued to get better and better was looking like he was going to be a solid receiver taking the draft and ended up going to 
the Arizona Cardinals in the fourth round as a rookie in the 2019 draft. But unfortunately, um, life happens. And for Hakeem Butler, he was placed on IR with a broken hand, missed his entire rookie season. And then the following year, he was waived by the Cardinals and, and did not make the team that year. Um, signed with the Panthers practice squad, uh, unfortunately got moved over to the Philly, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles active roster, and they actually converted him to a tight end. He ended up playing in two games in the NFL, uh, was targeted one time, but unfortunately did not end up making a catch. And I will say, you know, we're looking at Hakeem Butler's past, but looking into his future a little bit, I, I highly doubt that he is not given a substantial look next year in the NFL. Yeah, he, he's he's so big. He's six foot five and two thirty. He's an absolute Ooh, monster. He's a unit. It, I mean, if, if he if he continues to produce at the level that he is um, in the XFL, I absolutely believe that he will be on an NFL roster come come the XFL offseason, You know, this summer and, and into the fall. I have my preferences on where he goes, but uh, I'll keep that to myself. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, he he has been awesome. He has been exactly what you want in, in a in a big wide receiver like that. He, he can go up and get the ball. Um, he's he's just been incredible. Like I said, his frame is huge at six foot five and almost two hundred and thirty pounds. Um, yeah, if he like I said, if he can stay healthy, I think that he could end up probably leading the league. Absolutely, he he's right up there in terms of XFL numbers right now, and in, in every single category and he and McCarron just continue to seem to have that that great connection um want to touch back on what happened after his NFL playing career uh spent some time with the BC Lions in the CFL and eventually was moved to the Edmonton Elks where they signed him and he was placed on the roster but then a couple months later was released and this was a quote that he had said on after the game, or at, towards the end of the game, I, I should say, last week versus Arlington, he said he was almost done with football. I mean, you you have a, a great college career. You you come out. He skipped his senior season in college to go into the draft. Was a fourth round draft pick. Just unfortunately, just I mean, it's unlucky. It it really is that a, a hand injury just you know caused you to miss an entire rookie season and then just bouncing from from team to team to team to league he it wouldn't have blown my mind if, if he was done and, and he got cut in August of 22 in Edmonton and he he said that he dm'd coach Becht and said I I'm not done I I really want to continue playing and obviously Beck took a chance on him and it has paid off in in a an absolutely major way really seeing the player that he has become uh, we took a, a bit of a deep dive into his Twitter and Instagram and, and learned a couple of fun facts. Um, if you could, Brett, because I, I, I did this research and I want to see if you can answer this quiz, but can you name me, at least based on Hakeem Butler's Twitter account, who his top three favorite rappers all time are? Uh, and I'm wanting you to guess. I don't want you to look it sure, up. I sure, sure. I want it to be fun. Sure. Let, let's, take a, let's take a look here and see... Who are Hakeem Butler's, as Jed saw based on his Twitter account, top three favorite rappers of all time? Okay, I'm doing this completely blind. I'm also not um, the most 
um, well-versed in the rap game. And, and while you're listening to this, get three in your head too, audience out there. Whether you're at the gym, just pumping some, some bicep curls real quick, or in the car, on your way to work. Just get, get three rappers in your head. Who... Is, who does Hakeem Butler love to listen to when he's getting pumped for the games? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna do this with a little bit of a little bit of inside knowledge, knowing that he he's 26 years old. Um, can I have a hint? No. No hints at all. Not. No hints no. at all. Okay. No. We're not a charity case. Okay. On Loaded. Well, then I'm I'm gonna you guess the same guess that everybody else is guessing. I'm gonna go. I, I'm really struggling with eras here. So I'm going to try and spread my guesses out, because if I can get one of three, I'll be happy with myself. There's a lot in the, in the rap game. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with a, a fan favorite of, of this generation. I'm just going to say Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is not in his top three. Lil Wayne is at not least, on the top three. At least, and Hakeem Butler, if you do listen to this, and we'll tweet <laughs> this podcast out of you, so hopefully you're able to get a chance to listen to it. This is based on information that I viewed on your Twitter account and your Twitter account alone. So these are guys that you've tweeted about, talked about how much you love, changed the game, things like that. So Lil Wayne is not, at least according to his Twitter account, not in his top three. Okay. My next guest, I'm going to based on the fact that he spent some time with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to say Meek Mill. Meek Mill is not in his top three. 0 for 2, which you said you want to get one. All right. This is going to be a deep cut. It's going to I'll be tell a- you right now. If you're going deep cut, all three of his rappers, this is your hint. If you're also 0 and 2 at home, <laughs> this is your hint. All three of these rappers are incredibly popular. Incredibly popular. Okay, incredibly popular. I am gonna go a little bit more old school, but I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take the Tupacs. I'm not gonna take anybody who's who's really, uh, really, really well known. I'm gonna do a little bit of a deep cut, and I'm gonna say Will Smith. Oh my goodness! A little Wild Wild West. For those of you at home that may or may not have known, Will Smith was a rapper, <laughs> and arguably, um, I think Hakeem Butler would be embarrassed of you. <laughs> To have guessed Will Smith. Hey, he was good. (laughs) I'm embarrassed. For those of you keeping track at home, I hope you did better than Brett. Because that was... The first two, sure. Understandable. But, according to the resources that that we saw and the research we did, Hakeem Butler absolutely loves Kendrick Lamar. I should have guessed that. Everybody loves Kendrick. (laughs) I should have guessed that. Kid Cudi. I I also love Kid Kid Cudi. Hakeem Butler said that Kid Cudi... Saved a generation of the rap game. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little upset with myself. I didn't guess that. I, yeah. Now, now I'm knowing what you know, Kendrick, Cuddy, who's three? Uh, more guess. And I, I don't want to say Drake. It's, uh, it's not Drake. It's and not I'll, Drake. And I'll give you a hint that Go may ahead. give it away. What's that? He is considered one of the greatest minds in the rap game of all time. Dr. Dre. It is not Dr. Dre. Maybe I misled you a little bit. I was, I was kind of getting into my head before you guessed. Kanye. Ah, yes. Absolutely loves Kanye. Easy. So those, those are his three. Um, so, Hakeem Butler, if you're listening to this or if you're at home, uh, let us know your score. Hopefully, you did better than Brett. I don't know what I would have guessed, but absolutely loves those. Um, this was an interesting take that, that I saw. There was a, an old NBA tweet from a while back that graded um, power forwards, and uh, he r- had to rank them. 
Kevin Durant was one of them, and LeBron James was one of them, and Giannis was one of them. Now, this was in, in 2022. Now, for those of you listening out there that don't know, I am a, a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan. Love the Milwaukee Bucks. Huge fan. Cried my eyes out when we won the finals in 21. Absolutely love Giannis. Am a Drew Holiday stand till the day that I die. Chris Middleton will always be good. Brooke Lopez is my defensive MVP this season. I just want to. I just want the fans to know I'm a. I'm a, I'm a real I was about fan. to say, is, is this an NBA podcast? I'm a true, <laughs> I'm a true fan. I just want everyone out there to know I'm, I'm not just you know blowing smoke up my butt or your butt, however the expression goes. But Hakeem Butler thinks Kevin Durant is the best basketball player in the NBA. He ranked him and LeBron above Giannis last year, which is blasphemy to me. But also at the same time, I'm not a professional athlete. Hakeem Butler is. So Yeah, I, I think his opinion probably means a little more more uh seeing as how he is a professional athlete. Um I'm a big Paul George stan. That's what I'll say to say to say on that. That's fair. And you know what? He loves Paul George too. He thinks Paul George is a better point. It's funny you say that. He thinks Paul George is a better point guard or I'm sorry, shooting guard than Devin Booker. So that was all that to just get to the point that Hakeem Butler loves Kevin Durant, one of his favorite athletes. Can you guess, real quick, we're just going to continue to play this little guessing game that we have awesome. on, on information I found out. Love it. Can you guess who is Hakeem Butler's favorite non-Iowa State college quarterback is all time? Uh, assuming that we're basing it off of his era. Um, I feel I want to give you the college, but I feel like that might give it away. Yeah, give me the college. Auburn. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett knows his college football. Cam Newton absolutely loves Cam Newton. Hakeem Butler has uh, posted a lot of things about just how incredible he is as a player. Um, a couple other fun facts that, that we learned about Hakeem Butler. Loves FIFA, which I also love FIFA. I didn't really enjoy getting into FIFA all that heavily until about a year ago. And now it is one of my favorite video games. It is so much fun. Also, uh, loves George Lopez. Like the George Lopez show? Don't know. Couldn't find anything else about it. <laughs> Just talked about how George Lopez was uh, low-key funny for real for real was what he had tweeted out about it. So, wow. Hakeem Butler, if you're listening to this, we would love to bring you on the podcast to talk more about um, George Lopez George and Kanye Lopez, West. FIFA, what division you're in, if you're in a pro club. We'd love to talk about it with you. Talk about the rap game. Maybe we can compare Meek Mill and Cuddy. Talk about who's better. Um, but... We have a question today. We have a question from one of our Twitter followers. One of our long-term Twitter followers. One of our very long-term Twitter followers. Shout out Cranjus McBasketball. Yep. Uh, personal shout out right here. He tweeted out at us, and I want to make sure that I get this exact language correct in this um, this comment. But the question is, and, and I'll phrase it towards you, and, and we'll kind of discuss here. But the question is, do you think the offensive line – will hold up better against D.C. this time around. They looked good last week, but I'm not sure if that will continue. So I don't know if they're going to hold up as well as they did last week because it's a different team. I think that D.C. is definitely in the upper quartile of upper quartiles of this league. Um, now they did they forced four sacks and held our run game to a, a pretty pathetic um, – <clears throat> 
56 yards. I had to make sure I got the right number. 56 yards last game. So Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be better than they were two weeks ago. I think um, all emotions were running high, 2-0 and start, going into the hardest game of the season. Um, I, I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to, again, fuel off of a very raucous crowd. Um, I think they know a little bit better of what to expect from D.C. this time around. Um, to be honest, I'm not nearly as worried about the offensive line as I as I am about how the defense is going to handle um, the run game. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, yeah. Stopping that run game is going to be so important. I think I think there's a couple of factors that kind of went against the offensive line the first time we played DC, which was one, it was far and away the best defense that we've played so far. Yep. Coming at them, it was our third straight road game, which I'm sure is just exhausting as a player. You're just on the road all the time. Never at home, you know, I'm sure. And their crowd, and a, a small, small, itty-bitty little shout-out for the D.C. Defenders crowd because they, they can get a little bit amped up too and, and cause some, some mayhem. But at home, I think they will perform adequately enough to make sure that the Defenders' defensive line doesn't take over the game the way that they did the first time we played. I think this line is two weeks more experienced, two weeks more gelled together. They're understanding. Now, you have to remember, this is the first time that all of these players have played together on this team. I mean, these guys come from all different backgrounds, all di- and this includes skill position players as well. So the more the team plays with each other in-game scenarios, you're going to see them gel a little bit better figure out rhythms, figure out, um, you know, silent communication and, and things like that. And I think being at home, I think this offensive line will play as well as they played last week. I, I, I don't know necessarily if they will hold the defenders defensive line to zero sacks like they did last week versus Arlington, but I think that they're going to play very well just because in comparison to how they played versus D.C. the first time, simply because of the factors they had going against them and the factors that they have going for them now. So thank you so much, Cranjus, um, for that tweet. We appreciate it very much. We know that you are a diehard Day Hawks one fan. follower. Day one follower, day one Battlehawks fan. So we appreciate it. Hopefully we answered your question um, and gave you some, some talking points to talk with some – some friends about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, thank you for that question. Um, if you are listening and have other questions, you don't always just have to wait for us to tweet out the uh, the thing for, hey, give us questions. Just tweet directly at myself, Jed, or our uh, Hawk and Loaded account, and we would love to answer those questions. Slide um, our DMs. Yeah, absolutely. They're open. They're wide open. For anybody that wants to slide in about anything, um, neither of us are single, but um, – <laughs> We're happy to answer any sports-related questions. Apparently not just football, but NBA, MLS, NHL. I, I personally will respond to NHL questions. And if you're curious about who our top three favorite rappers are, send us a DM as well. We'd love to talk with you about it. So um, with that being said, um, thank you guys for tuning in. We always appreciate your support. Shout out to the Variety Sports Network. Um, Hopefully you guys will go follow them. That's at Variety underscore sports underscore. Thank you. Go follow them. They have a whole host of super cool podcasts that um, 
you guys will find super interesting. Lots of topics from the entire world of sports. So go follow them. Go check out some of their podcasts. But always follow us as well. Um, follow us on Twitter at Hawked and Loaded. And we love to connect with you guys. If you feel so inclined, leave a review on the podcast. Subscribe so you always know when we go live. We will always release Tuesday and Friday mornings at 6.30 so that you can be prepared for the weekend game on Friday and then the review, the game review and whatever else we're going to talk about on, on that Tuesday, so in the middle of the week. So, as always, thank you guys so much for your support. We love putting on this podcast for you. My name is Jed. And my name's Brett. Yeah, yeah I don't have to close it out by myself this time. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, and as always, go Battlehawks. Cacao!